welcome to Being Professional English Podcasts, podcast number 57, The Manager, part 2, Friendly, but not friends. Let's get started. Welcome to the second part in our series on The Manager. This is part two. Quite a nice title, Friendly But Not Friends. This is going to be rather a difficult podcast because we here enter into what is quite a vague area. I'm going to try as hard as I can to make it as concrete And again, coming to the end of the podcast, as I always try to do, I'm going to give you the how to maintain the right relationship at work. It's not an easy process to do um, because in particular, we enter into a very obvious place where and why management, being a good manager, becomes an art and not a science. If you remember last week, we looked at why using authority too much was not the right answer to get the most effective performance from your group, from your people. And here we're going to look at why not having too close a relationship with your people affects your performance or the performance of the group in exactly the same way, i.e. negatively. The reason I've chosen to look at this side is because what happens with managers is that you either have one or the other. You either have the people who begin by being too, uh, using their role power too much, too much the authority, which I dealt with last week, or you have people who go on the other side of the spectrum who tend to have close, try to have really close personal relationships with their people. They believe that this actually is the way to get the best performance from people. And I must say, that confusing being liked with being trusted is a classic trap for all managers. I've made it quite a few times, and it is a classic trap. And people do this because, you know, we're all human beings. Well, most of us are anyway. And our first instinct with interactions is to build close personal relationships. Um, you know, we have, a, we have a burning desire within each of us to, to develop these type of relationships. So that's why it's particularly good. There are also those managers who, who, who don't want to use the authoritarian approach that we looked at last week because they hate conflict. I touched on that again last week. And... Often these people who who hate conflict tend to go towards trying to be personal friends with people at work. And, you know, again, uh, that that creates other sort of problems. Um, The concept that having a close personal relationship with someone is the best way to influence them at work is quite compelling, you know. Don't get that report done by the end of the week because I'm telling you to. Get it done because you're my friend. I mean, it is very, very compelling. But this type of idea, sooner or later, is going to lead you to other 
more serious problems. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit later. So today I have four points. The first one is introduction to the series. I'd like to very quickly uh, go over why I'm doing this series of three podcasts. Um, for those people who are joining us now on this, their first podcast, and haven't listened to last week's, obviously I would highly recommend you to do so, just to keep it in in perspective of what we're talking about. For those of you who uh, have listened to last week, <clears throat> you know you can skip the next uh, the next four or five minutes. The second point is being a friend and being a boss are mostly incompatible. And I'm going to look at the reasons or the differences between being a boss and being a friend. For most people, these you know are quite obvious, but I think that it's worthwhile pointing them out anyway because it allows us to illustrate the differences between these two. The third point is the clear paradox because there is an extremely powerful paradox in trying to influence people. The whole relationship between the boss and subordinate is probably the most profound issue that a manager is going to face in his or her career as a manager. It's very complex and the reason it's complex and difficult is because of the paradox and that's what I'm going to talk about. And then lastly I'll talk about how to maintain the right relationship. Um, the, the best way I can think of doing it. So, introduction to the series. We are looking at this idea of the manager because we need to look at the whole idea how managers influence people because to be an effective manager, you need to influence people. That is your, your principal role. The further you go up in your organisation or your career, the less your individual contribution makes to your success and the more you need to rely on others for your success. It's, it's a, an, another very interesting paradox as the, as the higher you go up in the company, people realise you know, they want to become the managers so that they can stamp their authority or you know make the decisions, as it were. And what they very quickly find out is that no matter how brilliant they are as an individual contributor to the company, and indeed that's probably why they were promoted in the first place, indeed that's what happened to me when I was working at Goldman Sachs, you actually can't develop any further unless you influence and motivate the people around you to perform. And it's a, it's a wonderful sort of slap in the face when you realise it. We've been doing these podcasts for about one and a half years. We've been talking a lot about professional behaviours, both from a, from a managerial point of view and also from a personal point of view in the sense of how to present, how to run effective meetings, how to write emails and, and so on and so forth. And it's time to bring it together, I think, into this whole idea of what I at least believe a manager is all about and where I think we've been going with all these podcasts so far. You can think of these last three, these last uh, two podcasts, the one I'm going to do uh, next week, really as the <clears throat> the 
the first landing on a series of steps that we've reached, we've reached on our journey together. Each of these individual steps have been individual competences that you need to know, and we're bringing it together on the first landing. <clears throat> Thereafter, we'll go to we'll go to different ones. The reason I'm talking about it now, and also, is because I've mentioned to you last week I've begun a new uh, role where I am the chief operating officer of a company here in Italy, and. This is an Italian company in Italy, so I'm operating it in a second language, my Italian, which is very similar to what you guys uh, are having to do in a second language in English. So our positions are very much so aligned, and therefore I wanted to use this beginning of this new role as a opportunity to bring together everything that I've been talking about so far and bring it hopefully to even more concrete uh, context than than I've done so far, even though I hope I've already done that, but I'm really going to bring it into more of a real-life situation now. The other thing I wanted to, to talk about is because is that I firmly believe that there is no separation between being a leader and being a manager. There is between being a manager and being an executive, but there, every single manager, if he or she needs to will be successful, it will depend upon how much of a leader they are. There's no separation between the two. And that's what these three podcasts are really about. The first one was the correct use of authority. Again, if you haven't listened to it already, please go back. The second one is today's one, friendly but not friends, the personal ties at work, which is sort of the opposite of what we did last week. And the last one, which will be uh, next week, or hopefully, or the week after, will be trust, where I think we need to really aim at. So, being a friend and being a boss are incompatible. These are the reasons why they are. <clears throat> First and foremost, friendship exists for itself. It's not a way to achieve anything else. You're friends with someone just for that, for the beauty of that relationship with that person. It's not a means to an end. You're not trying to go anywhere with that friendship. We're all social beings. As human beings, we're social beings. And we want or need these close, supportive connections with others. However, the... The boss-subordinate relationship is not driven by that. That relationship is driven by the requirement to accomplish work. It's not, so it is a means to an end. And therefore, friendship and being a boss are incompatible there. If something occurs which prevents someone who works from us from doing his or her job, then the relationship we have with them must end. Therefore, they're incompatible. The second thing is that friends are equals. You, you, you start to become friends with, with someone on a very equal plane, equal level. Irrespective of the type of job in which you do, you know, you meet at a sporting event, you meet at something usually where you know, you are sharing an interest, a hobby, and you meet at the same level. Friends are equals. 
But at work, that's not the case. Within the organisation, bosses and the subordinates are not equals. There's a hierarchy. And even if this boss is very good at trying to hide the, uh, the authority, the role power they have, every now and again, they will still need to use it and need to use it in ways that maybe the subordinates won't be happy. Friendships will not exist like that. As soon as there's inequality in a friendship, it no longer remains a friendship. Thirdly, friends accept each other as they are. You know, you have a, you have a friend. You don't actively evaluate them. You don't actively try to, 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 to change their behaviour. I mean, you do offer advice, of course, as a friend, and you do offer support, but you, you don't actively evaluate them. But as an effective boss, effective manager, you must constantly evaluate your people's performance and give them feedback. I mean, when I talked about uh, feedback in a previous podcast, uh, was it two months ago now, three months ago now, I looked at the mistakes of feedback, and one of the biggest mistakes is that it's not done often enough. Some of the best managers in the world, the best bosses in the world, give feedback daily to people. Now, that sort of fanatic concentration on people's performance, it just doesn't exist with friends, right? Um, that's another reason why they're incompatible. Fourth, friends don't uh, check on each other all the time. As the boss, you, you constantly have to push people to report on progress, to evaluate themselves, to commit to future deadlines. Friends don't have such expectations. And when they do have expectations of each other, they're mutual not one-sided and they're less demanding. It's, it's, it's a very different type of deadline you have with a friend compared to what you have with your boss. The last thing is you simply cannot be equal friends with everyone. If you try to make friends with all of, um, with all of your people, human chemistry will come into play. You're, you will develop naturally closer ties with the people that you get along better with and not such close ties on the people you don't like. You, and that's just natural, right? I mean, that's, that's like natural selection of friends. But whereas friends, you can choose exactly who your friends are going to be. When you start a job, when you have your team, you don't often have the chance to, to choose exactly everyone there. So if you build up personal relationships with some people and not personal relationships with other what happens can you imagine that the havoc i mean that just you know the favoritism uh, the whole idea of the teamwork and the working atmosphere just will break down very 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 quickly the big risk with aiming to be a friend of the people who work with you the big risk uh and you know, this is a particularly serious point here. The big risk is that one day, as the boss, you will have to disappoint, to criticise, to discipline, to demote, to take away certain um, powers that those people have or privileges. 
You might even need to fire the person, let them go. If that person, ha you, if you have allowed, sorry, that person to believe that they are your friend, then when you have to do any of the disappoint, criticize, discipline, demote, fire, they will feel betrayed by you. Now, if they feel betrayed with you by you and you are fire th firing them, well, okay, fine, that's no issue. But if you are disappointing them, criticizing them, giving them feedback, disciplining them, demoting them, and they feel betrayed, truly betrayed as a friend, then their future work will suffer. It will suffer dramatically. And a friend that betrays, um, it's going to be very difficult to come back from that betrayal. It really is. So that's why you have to be very careful as the boss in how you develop these personal relationships. Because they have consequences, and not just for you and the work, but they have consequences for the people you're doing it with. So you've got to be, as I said before, on, um, what is it, uh, control and substance. You, you've got to be an adult about it. We're not, we're not at, uh, in kindergarten. We're not park a jockey at school. You've got to be adult about it here as a manager. That's why you're getting paid more. Having said that, let me come to the, the defense of bosses and managers. It's a difficult thing to do, right? There's, there's this paradox. Um, the paradox in that The role you have as the boss subordinate role needs to be genuinely caring and human, even close, since you and your people are striving together towards a common worthwhile purpose. You're, you're, you're aiming for the you know, end of year results or, or three monthly results. So it has to be a caring, genuinely caring, and human re relationship as it is a means to an end. But it must always be a relationship which exists to accomplish that work. So you have to have this uh, balance between being friendly because no one will give their best to a car, a cold, distant, uncaring jerk of a boss, right? And, you know, we, 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 we know many of them. No one's going to work very hard for them. But ultimately, you're not a friend with them. The professional relationships at work have to be driven neither by control nor friendship, they have to be defined neither by affection nor authority. But affection and authority need to be present. They need to be there in the right balance. Now, often when I talk to people about this, they, you know, shout at me that you're being manipulative. I am only caring for the person in order to get work from them. I'm using them. I don't truly care about them. Now, I know that if you just listen to me, you could easily come to that conclusion. But 
what I say to people uh, really are, t- are two things on this issue. The first of which is this. When you first met the person that you now are in love with, you know, talking about your private life, so your husband, your wife, your partner, your lover, or if you happen to be single at the moment, you know, previous people that you have um, been with, when you had that first date, um, you know, the first dinner you're going to, for instance, at home, what did you do before that first date? You know, you're excited. Uh, you wanted it to go well, so what do you do? You know, you have a shower, have a bath, you look after yourself, you know, the men, you have a decent shave, or you trim your beard, or cut your nails, cut the hairs coming out of your nose, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Women, well, I'm not quite sure what women do, to be honest with you, but, you know, they do all the things that women have to do to make themselves look beautiful. Uh, you know, the women look up and do their makeup, and that you spend a lot of time, right, and effort, Choosing the right clothes, choosing the right scent, and, you know, and so and so forth. (laughs) And why did you do this? I mean, when you did this, was that force? Was that force intent there? Were you trying to be manipulative? Because, of course, every single day... If you're with that, if you get married to that person, right, every single morning you're not going to get up and put exactly so much effort into how you look. So was that first date manipulative? You know, I don't think it is. I think you're just trying to get to an end, the means to an end. And the means to an end on the first date is getting laid, if I can use that expression, or, you know, going to... For those of you who don't know what getting laid is... You're either too young to be listening to this podcast, so click off anyway. Or secondly, go and look it up in a dictionary, getting laid. Um, You know, one of the basic needs of the human uh, being uh, is sex. So that's the means to the end. That's what you're trying to get at. So are you being manipulative? No, you're not. And it's the same at work, I think. Not the sex bit, but it's the same at work in that you're trying to have these friendly relationships aiming towards a common good for each each person. It's a means to an end. It's not manipulative. The second thing is about sincerity. I often talk about this when I say to people, in that the genuinely caring part that I'm talking about, um, you can be sincere in this and not necessarily want to have a very long-lasting, very close and deep personal relationship with someone. In the morning, um, or when you meet someone, and you can say, how are you? Right? Which in Italian we say, come stai, you know, how are you? Now you can ask that same question in two ways. You can ask it because it's what you say when you meet someone, right? Or you can say it and really mean it. When you ask, how are you, you really genuinely want to know how they are. It's not just something you say because that's what you say when you pass someone. And that sincerity in in that question is very quickly picked up by the other person. Human beings, uh, and particularly women, um, are extremely good at picking up on insincere intentions. 
it goes back to when we were in caves, right? And, you know, the men were out um, trying to hunt whatever it was, animals to eat and kill. The women were in the caves looking after the uh, the children, looking after the, 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 um, the place. And if a stranger came in, they have to very, very carefully, very quickly work out whether they were there to, to kill them, to do whatever, to damage. So particularly women, but also men are very, very good at very quickly understanding what someone's intent is, if they're sincere or not. So I, I believe that you can ask, you know, uh, how are you, and really want to know, and you can demonstrate. And it's a, the great thing is that it is a choice. You can choose to be genuinely caring or not. It's not some people were, were born um, being caring and some others were not. It is a choice. So I don't think it is manipulative at all. I think it's a means to an end. And I think that when it you say you're genuinely caring, you can choose to be genuinely caring. But I can see that if you haven't seen that in action and the majority of people say, how are you? And you know they don't really care about it. They're not really asking, how are you, really? Um, I can see you can be a bit reluctant about that. But I promise you, it, it is it is possible. It is a choice. So, gone through all that. Let's talk about now how to maintain the right relationship. First of all, if I had the perfect answer to this... I would be an internationally renowned guru because we you really have entered in here um, the art of management. Different people will react in different ways to you and, and, and there's no one set rule which works for everyone. This is very much so unlike almost everything I've spoken about before in the one, last one and a half years. There's no concrete uh, list of things that you can do to achieve this aim. I have said about being genuinely caring is a choice. You can do that, of course. But here, to remain the right relation, it's a bit difficult. I think, in my own view, you have to do two things. You have to get the right mindset. You have to have the right mindset. And you have to use authority clearly, which I did allude to last week. So let's talk about the mindset. Let me help you here with your mindset. I firmly believe that it is possible to care deeply for someone who works for you while still focusing on their work or the work that needs to be done. I mean, I, I, I believe that, truly believe it. And I'll tell you why. Look at your relationship with your doctor or with your lawyer maybe or your therapist even you want these people to deeply care for you right but you do not want their insight or their ex uh, expertise to be clouded by affection for you so the relationship that you already want with your doctor, with your therapist, with your lawyer, with your accountant, 
is exactly that type of relationship you need to have with your subordinates. And that's the mindset you need to remind yourself of. Right? That's the paradox. Or that's the, the real-life clear examples of the type of relationship you are trying to, to aim towards. Look at your relationship with your teachers in the past. You know, a great teacher. You wanted the teacher to be on your side, caring for you, right? To helping you, guiding you all the time. But you knew, you knew if it was a great teacher, that if you wrote a bad essay, you know, did a series of sums incorrect, that she would, uh, or she or he, would grade you accordingly. You wouldn't want them to give you an A plus when your work was really bad. That again is a type of relationship you're trying to go towards. Look at sports coaches. Right? You wanted this person to care for you and help you develop. To, to guide you to, to becoming the, um, the best you, you possibly can. But you both knew that he or she, the coach, was doing this for the greater good of the team. He or she wanted to, wants to have the best team possible, if we're talking about team sports, of course, the best team possible to put forward for the competition. And whether you made the team or didn't make the team or you were suspended or were you were on the bench or whether you actually were playing was only dependent upon your performance. No matter how much this coach liked you or feelings for you, or deep, and you know, I've in the past had some very, very deep and close relationships with my with some of my sports coaches, my judo master, for instance. Just an intently close relationship with him. But if I did something wrong, I'd expect him to kick my ass. So these relationships already exist in your life, right? Um, and that's what you have to try and aim at when you are thinking of your relationship with your subordinates. How can you help it? How can you help yourself? Over and above the mindset, what, what actually can you help yourself with? Well, I think you can help by defining the relationship early on in, in, with these people. Um, you know, being friendly, but correcting unaffected behavior. This is why, this is why feedback is so important. Now, and by the way, people who haven't listened to feedback mistakes, uh, performance communication mistakes, I would advise to go back to the podcast of a couple of months ago. Uh, if you just go to my website and search performance communication, you'll, you'll see it. This is slightly complicated, again, when you start a new job. okay? Because in the first 90 days, pr approximately, of starting a new job, particularly as you're a manager, you've got... 100% role power and zero relationship power, whereas you want to have it exactly, you know, the reverse. Uh, you want to have relationship power with, still in the background, uh, this very strong role power that you, you, you still have. And the way in which you can do that is by correcting unaffective um, behavior in the way in which we've spoken about. So same tone, and in a very professional and in a very leadership manner. But in the first 90 days, it's a bit complicated because you, you don't want to start with someone. 
it's going to be very difficult to start with someone if you're giving them corrective feedback, which they've probably, they may or may not have ever heard by their boss before. And certainly not in the way in which you've done it, because you're professional, you're effective, you don't shout at people, you don't go mad, you don't ask them why the hell they've done it, you don't ask them why, you just talk about their bad behavior, the consequence for it, and how you would like them to change in exactly the same tone and exactly the same breathing speed as if you were telling them that they've done something right and you're really thankful for it and could they continue so positive feedback most negative feedback most corrective feedback has been given to them in a very very bad way in the past so you've got to be a bit careful a bit more relaxed of how you introduce that to to people otherwise you're never going to have a relationship with them which you need to have so i admit it's clouded a little bit when you first start okay Um, for instance when I've just started this new role as you all know who have listened to me on my podcast I'm very very uh, precise on if you have a meeting at two o'clock the meeting starts at two o'clock you know within the first week of me um, joining the company I had a meeting with someone at two o'clock and they arrived at ten past two now this person doesn't uh, this person does work for me as my subordinate but I never said a thing didn't mention it in six months' time, I will certainly mention it and give corrective feedback on it, but now I do not. So it's a little bit complicated, I know, but I think you understand uh, what I'm trying to get at. You you are friendly, but you do correct unaffected behaviour, because that reminds people of your authority, it reminds people of your competence as a manager and why you're there. The one-to-one meetings, um, which I've uh, mentioned to sometimes a sort of periodically uh, review with your with with your people weekly meeting or phone call which builds and maintains a good working relationship with them um, it's good to set this up weekly because then it becomes more of a business or it is a business meeting right and it that helps to remind you that your relationships you're building with the people are have an intent to accomplish more work do you see what I mean? If you set that on Tuesday afternoon between 9 and 9.30, I'm going to meet you every single week to talk about whatever you want to talk about, even if you want to talk about your cat at home, because it's a business meeting, because it's systemized, because it's uh, disciplined, because it's organized for every single week, it reminds you both of why you're there. That's one of the reasons why I like these one-to-one meetings. And over and above, what you need to try to, to, to have is, is candid and frank conversations with people about their roles, about expectations, and about the consequences of not meeting those expectations. Those are the things which, which you need to be having with people often. Caring, human but always a little distant and focused on the group and its work. I'll repeat, caring, human, always a little distant, focused on the group and its work. That's the boss, the manager, subordinate relationship that you're trying to get at. And next week, I'll talk to you about the best way of really aiming at that type of relationship. We looked at authority, 
how not to use it, how to use it last week. We've looked at friendship here, how to use it and how not to use it. Next week, we're going to be looking at the thing, the big thing, the big 900-pound gorilla that you're trying to get towards. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. It's a tough one, I know. It's a difficult one. It's quite subtle. I hope that particularly in giving you the examples of the relationships you have with your doctor, your teacher, your sports coach, your accountant, your therapist, that you've understood what I'm trying to uh, get at. If you haven't, please write on the, the website feedback, www.beingprofessionalinenglish.com. So Being Professional in English, the same as the, the podcast name. Come to my website, give me feedback, write to me. Um, I try to get back to people within a couple of days. This is a new website and we've got a few more people coming through now um, and the feedback is starting to build up, which is good. Uh, so if you don't understand, you're a bit unclear, please write to me. Uh, I'll be very, very glad to, um, to answer you. Thanks all for listening. Really appreciate the time you're taking out to listen to me. I hope it's been of some use and I look forward to speaking to you all next week. Bye-bye.